The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, August 24th, and we are kicking off Fantasy Week with some DFS talk coming up. We'll do best ball and season-long fantasy focus uh, episodes throughout the course of the week. Joining us to do talk DFS, the one, the only, at Roto Frank, Frank Stanfield. Frank, what's up, buddy? Long time. Yo, Will, what's going on, man? It really has been a long time. It's uh, It's good to be back. Happy to be here. I, I love the hat. We were talking before the show. That is a fantastic <laughs> hat, dude. That is awesome. Big fan of the Bud Bowl. Um, my wife told me that this hat, uh, shouts to Bud Light for sending this uh, this lovely old school Bud Bowl hat this way. I'm assuming it's like a new hat. And I, I'm assuming they're creating retro swag. Yeah. It looks like- you know, it's not they had, they, they went to the, like, oh, do we have any old Bud stuff? Let's start selling that. I'm sure they, it's, it's got to be new. They actually sent a sweatshirt too that's really comfortable, but not very you know, wearable in the late August, but, but I, I, I will be wearing it over the course of the season. Uh, if you know, actually probably whether or not Bud Light hangs around. Uh, anyway, before we dive in and talk DFS strategy, and for that, for those who don't know, so this is, we did this last year. I think we may have done it with Heath uh, when we did DFS and then you, you did the weekly DFS show with us, but the goal here is to sort of, for those that haven't played DFS yet, and I still think there are a lot of people who don't play DFS, even though it's wildly popular, it's daily fantasy sports. It is a one week and or one game and or it's a it's a small window of games in which you select a group of players and it's a sing, you know, it's a one. It's not over the course of the season. It's a single episode. So it's either maybe all the games from 1 p.m. Uh, up until not all the games on Sunday, not counting Sunday night football. And you can play 1 p.m. games. You can play Sunday Night Showdown. There's all kinds of different stuff you can play. But uh, the goal is to sort of let, you know, we're going to talk some basic strategy, some advanced strategy, and then look at some week one picks. And if you like DFS and you're trying to get into it, you're trying to learn more about it and learn some strategies and get some picks, make sure and subscribe to Fantasy Football Today, the DFS podcast, uh, which is, who's it? You and... uh, who's me. Mike yeah. McClure from Sportsline and yeah. Steve Najad, who helps out on the first cut podcast. So yeah, he does. Yeah. DFS, real sharp DFS yeah. guy. No, both of those guys are just super smart. Like I'm blown away. I, I've played DFS and obviously I host a podcast, so I would hope I know what I'm talking about, but these guys like know what they're talking about. You're, you're like me. You're not running models, right? No, no, no. So like I use optimizers and stuff and like I dabble, but these guys are making like multi-entry 150 lineups. Like, on showdown, they're making again 150 lineups, absolutely crushing it. Know what they're doing. These guys are like super sharp. So encourage everybody. Again, yeah, fantasy football today, DFS. And the first couple of podcasts, obviously, there's not a lot going on right now. It's preseason football. So like we give some news and notes leading into those slates and and some picks, but mostly it's been a lot of strategy. And I think it's useful for people who A either haven't played before or those who just need a refresher. You sure. might think you know what these terms mean and stuff when you're listening to podcasts or watching videos, but do you really know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, there, there are some people who are big into, like I know the established to run guys are big into preseason football, preseason DFS. I haven't played any, you know, we're already two full weeks into it. It just, it requires, it requires like an even greater depth of studying because you have to figure out who is going to get playing time. And you're, you know, you're gambling on, you know, you're banking on, 
okay, Jameis Winston's going to play a full half or three series or something like that. Whereas with regular DFS, you know, you are, you are saying, all right, Patrick Mahomes is going to play the whole game. Uh, we do need to figure out – and you try to figure out what, you know – okay, so just the bare basics because it's easy to kind of spin off the rails on this. But when, when we're looking at DFS, uh, you are starting a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, three wide receivers. Three wide receivers. Three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, and a defense. Um, we're, we're, we're going to use DraftKings just because that's sort of it feels like the default. And obviously, you can play on FanDuel as well. Um, but uh, I usually do most of my most of my gaming on 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 DraftKings, so we'll stick with that just for the for the ease of use. Um, and when you're picking these lineups, you know you want to pick the lineup that scores the most points. Now that involves you can't ju- you, you're, it's a salary cap, so you can't just pick. That you know the best player at every position each week that just wouldn't work. I mean, you know, it, it just it just won't work. Uh, so you have to figure out you have to find values and you have to figure out uh, also how to correlate stuff. And I think stacking is kind of a very common phrase, right? But but would you say that stacking is the most important thing in DFS? I'm not sure that it is the most important, but you're right about correlation, right? So yeah. if you're playing, if you think. And, and when we say stacking, we mean you take Patrick Mahomes and play Patrick Mahomes and play Tyreek Hill. Because if Tyreek Hill catches a touchdown, it's very likely coming for Patrick Mahomes. Yes, and it creates massive upside, too. So that's what we're looking for as well, right? So we're trying to create upside and correlated upside. So say you think the Chiefs and the Browns game in week one is going to go off. It already has a point total over 50, and you think the game is going to be competitive. If you think Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill are going to go off, Tyreek Hill... 200 yards, two touchdowns. Obviously, that's coming from Patrick Mahomes. And say on the other side, you think the Browns are going to be playing from behind. Odell Beckham's going to have a huge game, right? You think he has a good chance. Then you will correlate that game by taking both Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and bringing it back with Odell Beckham. And if that game winds up being 35-31, then chances are you have a lot of those fantasy points in your lineup. But there's other ways to stack, too, where... Say you think the 49ers are going to absolutely destroy the Detroit Lions in week one, which is very possible. Seems likely. You have Raheem Mostert as your running back, and you can stack him with the 49ers defense. And what you're hoping for there to be correlated is that the 49ers are playing with a lead, say, 7 to 14 points throughout the course of the entire game. Raheem Mostert's getting close to 20 touches. He's doing very well in these touches because it's a good matchup against the Lions. And then the 49ers defense is just crushing Jared Goff sacks turnovers whatever it might be so there are a few different ways that you can stack as long as as long as those things are correlated and you will notice that even more so in the showdown slate which again I don't want to like spin off too far but showdown is a one game slate so Thursday night football the first game of the season the Bucks and Cowboys you create a lineup of six players they could be any players. It's just six flex spots. You could have both quarterbacks. It's obviously harder because... Yeah, and you have one captain, too, who gets 1.5 points. Exactly. But what you want to do there is basically everything needs to be correlated. You need to figure out what you think the game flow is going Correct. to be. You probably want to use some betting lines to figure that out. I think the Bucks are close to like a seven-point favorite right now. But if you think that they're scoring, you want Tom Brady. You want, if they're playing with a lead, maybe you want Fournette or Ronald Jones. Cowboys are playing from behind. Maybe you want some Cowboys pass catchers. Basically, everything needs to correlate and make sense within the grand scheme of like game flow. Yeah, well, and and, it's a great point. So you when you do a showdown slate, the goal is to figure out how you think the game is going to play out and then create your lineup based around that. When you do a regular slate, the same thing applies. You need to figure out, okay, I'm going to target these guys because I think they have a good opportunity. And it's very similar to when you set your lineup in in regular fantasy. When you say, okay, um, am I starting Odell Beckham against the Chiefs or am I starting uh, Allen Robinson against the Rams? Well, very likely you're going to start Odell Beckham against the Chiefs because Odell Beckham has a be- is not going to be facing Jalen Ramsey in a bunch of one-on-one coverage, whereas Allen Robinson may very well be locked down by, by the Rams. Now, again, it's possible that Allen Robinson ends up going off because the Rams have a big lead and they're running the football and Andy Dalton's throwing garbage time stuff, but more than likely, you know, I mean, you, but the point remains is you're not going to want to target someone who has a bad matchup in your season-long fantasy, nor would you want to target someone who has a bad matchup in your DFS. Um, and, and so the goal is when you start to look at the week slate is you can say, okay, I like these, like you, you want to identify several positive matchups 
and and maybe you know and and find guys. You're gonna have to find cheaper guys, of course, because you have to fit within the constraints of the salary cap. But but by and I mean by and large, that's the goal is to figure out how you think games are gonna play out, and then to create these correlated matchups. Does that seem fair? Yes, and I think that you want to target games, obviously, that are that have higher totals, right? So that's where the the kind of correlation. That's basically like the word of this podcast today. But sure. that, that correlation between betting and DFS, it's massive. I mean, you want games that have high point totals, so you need to be looking at that. You want games that are going to be competitive, so maybe like shorter lines, so you don't want a team that's necessarily going to be blowing out another team, unless, of course, you want their running back and their defense or something like that. So those are things that I'm paying attention to, uh, obviously, but yeah, you want to make sure that everything kind of makes sense. And then there's like a few other things that we, we could talk about, like chalk plays are plays that are going to be very popular, but there's good chalk, and there's bad chalk, and you have to be able to identify that. And hopefully, that's something that we could do on the podcast throughout the course of the season. Yeah, and so when yeah, when you're looking at these games, and you're trying to figure out, you know, what, like what do I want? What games do I want? I'm trying to bring up the freaking lines because I'm um, I'm I'm an idiot and didn't have them in front of me for whatever reason. The uh, the my my book. Oh, there we go. I didn't have I didn't have NFL favorited on my book. That's really weird. But like so the like the Buccaneers are minus seven and a half. Um, minus 115. Now, this is a Thursday game. Or actually, a better example. The Bills are minus seven against the Steelers. If you think that the Bills are going to obliterate the Steelers, then you have to be cautious about playing Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Now, it's very likely that they will score many of their points via Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. But if they get a big lead and Pittsburgh can't score, then the Bills are going to run the football a, a ton in the second half, and you're going to have minimal upside. Because you, I mean, like, don't you think that's a fair way to approach it? You don't want to, and I'm not saying you can't pick a, you know, a, like you said, you want shorter spreads. The, the Lions, the Lions in the in the 49ers is probably a better example because I could see the Steelers being competitive. Um, yeah. That in that game, you know, you you're you are if you take Jimmy Garoppolo for instance, let's say you go Jimmy Garoppolo and Brandon Ayuk as a stack. You play Jimmy G as your quarterback and Brandon Ayuk as a as a wide receiver, you are running the risk of one, this turns into a blowout and the 49ers just run the football. And two, it turns into a blowout and Trey Lance plays the second half because they want to get him some reps and it's a good spot to do it after Jimmy G set them up for for a win. And so I think that's one of those where, you know, you can't expect Jimmy G to be highly owned in that particular game. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, too. I mean, you have to kind of consider ownership, too, which is like another conversation, but trying to predict how rostered a player is going to be on a specific slate. And based on the total in that game and the spread, I can guarantee you that Jimmy Garoppolo and Brandon Ayuk stacks are going to be uh, very low owned. And and Correct. that's a term called contrarian. That's going against what people think is going to happen on a given week. But Yes, that, that is precisely right. And, you know, I don't think we worry about blowout risk as much in NFL DFS. I mean, it's something that in the NBA, you definitely have to be worried. Well, NBA is a massive problem. Like, if it's a blowout, they're just, like, if the Celtics are up 30, these guys are just coming out. Both teams are pulling their starters out of the game, and you're not getting any more points. Exactly. Yeah, so that, like, an entire fourth quarter of NBA DFS, you might be missing out on fantasy points. It's not to the same extent in football, but... I can see the 49ers just absolutely destroying the Detroit Lions in week one. And if that's a 14 point game going into the fourth quarter or the middle of the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, they're probably just sitting on the ball the entire second half. And obviously that's not creating a lot of fantasy points for your pass catchers. That's why you might want to use someone like Abraham Mostert or Trey Sermon and, and the 49ers defense. All right. So on the quarterback thing in a general, generally speaking, I'm curious how you guys have addressed this on FFT DFS. Uh, but do you feel like, does it, so when we say chalk, what we mean is somebody who is highly owned. For instance, Patrick Mahomes is, I, I believe, the top quarterback on the slate, right? Yeah, he's $8,100. Right. He is quite expensive. Um, but he's going to be popular because he's involved in the game against another good AFC team with a, with a good defense, but not a great defense, and, and, the, and a high point total. There's, a, there's, a, there's the expectation that there will be a lot of points scored in the Chiefs and the Browns game. So Patrick Mahomes is going to have probably around a 10 to 15% ownership rate. Does that seem like a good number? Fair number? Maybe higher? Yeah, no, that, that seems about fair. And one thing I will say about quarterbacks in particular is that the ownership percentage is a little bit more flat at the quarterback position because there's a lot of different options on a given week. I mean, there's going to be ones that stand out, obviously, in good matchups and obviously rushing quarterbacks. We want to target those a lot of the times. But like at the running back position, there will always be like three to five players in particular that you know are going to be high rostered. And if you play in 
cash games, which are games where you're just looking to basically double up your money, there's not you know high upside. You want safe floor players, and those running backs are going to be very highly owned, and they're going to be very popular, and rightfully so. But at quarterback, you can kind of you can go against the grain a little bit. Like there's a lot of different things that you could do at quarterback. And we're not going to see typically a quarterback that's more than like 20%, maybe 25% roster, just because there are a lot of good options at the position. Hey, yeah, we should, this is, this is the hard part about how do you handle this particular podcast? Like, you know, so there, when Frank talks about cash games and then you have GPPs, a GPP is a guaranteed prize pool. So in other words, DraftKings will say, uh, a one million, you know, uh, uh, let's say the you know a hundred thousand dollar guaranteed prize pool, two hundred dollar single entry, so you can only enter one lineup, and and that may be the not the two hundred dollar, but the but the single entry may be the place to start for people who are just getting into it. When you start to play in this million in the million maker, uh, the so the millionaire maker is twenty dollars a week to enter. There's tens of thousands of people in there. The first place gets a million dollars. It'd be very cool to win. It's really hard to win it. You have to have a very like unique and different lineup. Um, and I I think I started out playing on DraftKings where I would just play the Millie Maker. Like, you know, just do like two lineups a week. That's stupid. I mean, it, I mean, you have to be realistic, right? With your expectations. It, look, if you just want to throw a couple of lineups in the Millionaire Maker and you're not worried about like positive outcome throughout the course of the season, you're not like tracking ROI and you don't really care about that stuff, like sure. Have yeah. fun, throw a couple of lineups in the Millie Maker and see what happens. But you have to be realistic. The chances of you cashing out or even, you know, cashing very highly in this contest is minimal because there's just so many, there's so many different, uh, there's so many entries in this contest. And, and, and the and the sharp people out there can enter up to 150 entries per thing. So if you have a big bankroll for this, you can enter, uh, you know, you can do 150 entries times 20 dollars which is three thousand dollars that's a that's a lot of money to drop on a contest but there are people there are a lot of dfs players out there who have that kind of bankroll and so they're going to spend it so if you're getting into dfs or you're trying to like get better at dfs and you find yourself doing a couple lineups in the millie maker maybe it's better to just fight fi contest selection is important it's an important, it's an important part of dfs and like every week there's a at least in golf I, I think there's in football too but there's a 33 dollar single entry contest and so that might be a good way for some people to start because you just you just have to focus on one lineup you don't have to focus on building out a bunch of different uh possibilities and then but now look if you enter that and you've got and you've got enough and you're you're you know you've got 53 dollars to spend throw the throw the lineup in the in the millie maker too there there's no worse feeling than you enter a, like as you win a single entry and you win like five thousand dollars you look and your your uh your entry would have won you like the millie maker that is a crippling feeling and I will take you one step further there, Will. Take your cash game lineup and throw it in one GPP at least, one tournament, because we've all been there where uh -huh. our cash game lineup severely outscores our tournament lineup. It, it happens all the time, right? And Mike McClure brings up a good point about this, and he says, you know, your cash game lineup a lot of the time is the optimal lineup, right? This is supposed to be the highest scoring outcome for the given week. Why wouldn't you play that in a GPP? Even if those players are going to be highly rostered, highly owned, it's, it's sometimes the chalk wins so it's still supposed to be the optimal line, the highest scoring lineup in a given week so i'm not saying you know enter it in a bunch of contests but throw it in one gpp your cash game lineup and, and see what happens there if you're trying to you know win consistently throughout the course of the year believe me there's going to be a lot of losing weeks it happens to even oh, yeah. the players and we talk about that a lot but i would say play some cash game lineups play some head-to-heads and then maybe throw a few lineups in a GPP. And, and I think that's a good way to start. And it's funny that you bring up like contest selection and choosing the right games is so pivotable, uh, pivotal, pivotal. That's not a word. It's so pivotal in, in DFS. And it's actually what our podcast, we're going to be re recording one today on Tuesday. It's going to come out on Wednesday. Uh, oh. We're just going to focus on contest selection. And basically I'm going to throw Sia and Mike a hundred dollars. You have a hundred dollars this week. How are you maximizing that $100? And, and I'm interested to see what they have to say because, again, they're a lot smarter than I am. Well, and it's, it's it, you know, it's interesting because, and this is this works in golf too, right? It, it, the slate can oftentimes dictate your contest selection. You sure. know, depending, you know, and it's, it's different because it's tournament to tournament and how you feel about a particular tournament and, and how guys are priced. But that applies too to the NFL. Maybe there's, you know, a week where there's six people on buy, six teams on buy. And you don't want to play, 
you know, a, a bunch of GPPs because there's just going to be less less volatility in, in what can be a winning lineup and all of that. So th- I, I would encourage everybody to go listen to that podcast when you guys uh, when you guys recorded and put it out because contest selection is paramount for for uh, for for fantasy football when or for DFS. All right. Um, when you're back to stacking very quickly. When when you're stacking, if you're stacking a quarterback and a wide receiver, do you want to go quarterback? Uh, like, what is your preferred stack, or is it just dependent on the slate and sort of who you've got at quarterback? Yeah, I think it's depending on pricing too, right? So there could be a team where, again, let's just use Tyree Kill as an example, and he's, I don't know if this to be true, but say he's $8,000 in week one, sure. and you like... Miko Hardman, you think there's a chance Miko Hardman could have a massive week and he's sub 5K and you just want exposure to the Chiefs offense and Patrick Mahomes. It's really hard to get both Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey for that matter in your lineup together. You're not getting all three in your lineup. It's just you can't you can't afford to do it. You can. The rest of your lineup is going to be trash. There's no doubt about that. Correct. But if you want to spend down a little bit somewhere, if you want a higher price quarterback and you want to stack him with someone, then maybe you look at their wide receiver two, their wide receiver three. On most teams, the tight end on that team is going to be pretty cheap. So uh, typically, yes, I I want the top target, but it it really just comes down to the slate and the pricing. But I think something like Patrick Mahomes and Miko Hardman could be sneaky in week one. And then again, you bring it back with like an Odell Beckham or a Jarvis Landry if you like him more. Yeah. And and let's say that you think the... Well, I don't know. Let's pick a random team. The Philadelphia Eagles. Let's say you think that their defense is going to be absolute trash, right? Hypothetically. You know, defense right. is fan. We just like to yeah. put it in. Um, <laughs> and, and you think, okay, everybody is going to be on the Chiefs and the Browns. I'm going to pivot instead and go to Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. And then I'm going to bring it back with, you know, whether it's uh, Devontae Smith or Jalen Rager. Like that. that is a viable build early on where you can have the Falcons throwing up a ton of points against the Eagles secondary, which we think could be suspect. And then the Eagles, you got, in fact, you could go two Eagles coming back because you know, the Falcons secondary is going to be a problem. Um, And that maybe that game is a lower owned game than the chiefs and the Browns. And so you can pick up as Frank points out, some contrarian value that has upside. Um, And so I think that's that's one way to target it, too, is you can load up on other games and then you can still go because you've bought all these cheap, cheaper Falcons and Eagles. You can still go and add Travis Kelsey or you can add Tyreek Hill. And so you can get exposure to that that potential high scoring game in in Kansas City. You know, you're you're not going to have Mahomes, of course. But, you know, if let's say Matt Ryan outscores Mahomes, very possible. And, you know, Tyreek Hill is the main source of who of the chief scoring all of a sudden you have exposure to that game without having to load up on that game. Yeah. And and using contrarian plays and doing things a little bit different than you think the rest of the field is. That's a good way to create leverage and leverage is a a word that you will hear a lot in the DFS community as well. And basically again, it's just doing something a little bit different to try and give yourself a chance of moving up the standings at getting players at lower ownership that might be a little bit cheaper that you think also have a ton of upside. So the example you used with the Falcons, you think that game turns into a shootout. I think that's a really good one. Another one, a game that I think is going to be probably pretty popular in week one is the Cardinals and the Titans. Yep. People have some question marks about their defense. There's a high total in that game. Kyler Murray and D-Hop are going to be very popular. I think even less popular is taking Ryan Tannehill on the other side. And I would argue that Tannehill just has as much upside as Kyler Murray within right. that same game. And you're getting him at much cheaper too. So that's one way to create leverage. And another way to do that is, and again, this this is more so like getting contrarian. You want to do this in your tournament lineups, in GPPs, is going against what expected game flow is. Correct. Well, I wouldn't say do this in many of your lineups, but if you do want to create a single entry and do something a little bit different and say, again, the Browns are seven-point dogs in week one against the Chiefs. They're expected to be playing from behind for a lot of that game. As a result, you're going to get someone like Nick Chubb mm-hmm. at lower ownership because game flow doesn't say that it's going to be positive for Nick Chubb to gain the 20-plus carries that he needs in a given week, especially someone like him who doesn't catch the ball a lot. DraftKings is full PPR. If the Browns end up winning that game and winning the game handily and Nick Chubb goes off for 150 total yards and two touchdowns, you just created massive leverage because a lot of people are going to be on Mahomes and are going to be on uh, maybe the the Browns pass catchers. 
but you did something different within that game that is allowing you to create leverage and move up the standings. And and to to think about the leverage and how this works, I, I always think about this visual, and it, it makes sense once you sort of see, once you, if you're if you're just re, you're holding your phone in your hand and refreshing your DraftKings app, like every time there's a touchdown. Um, but let's say that Patrick, just hypothetically, Patrick Mahomes is twenty percent owned in the contest that you're in, right? And picture there's let's say there's ten thousand people trying to climb a ladder, and there's a big pot of gold at the top of the ladder. Well, if he's 20, uh, let's say there's, uh, uh, actually, let's say he's, he's, there's 10,000, yeah, 10,000 people in there. I should have done the math before the podcast. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes is 20% owned, right? You have 20% of 10,000 people who, every time Patrick Mahomes does something, move up the standings. And that's, I mean, and if you're one of those 20%, it's harder to differentiate yourself. You now have to be different from that 20, 20%. But if you have uh, Matt Ryan, just again, or let's say Ryan Tannehill. And Ryan Tannehill is 5% owned. Well, when Ryan Tannehill does something awesome, you move you move up with a much smaller number of people. And while it's not likely that Patrick Mahomes is going to suck on, a, on every given week, you know, you, you are fading a, a really, really, really good player. Uh, it is possible that Andy Reid, that, that the Chiefs get a lead via, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill end around or via a, uh, you know, if he's healthy, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, r- you know, maybe they lean on the running game and they try to slow things down and they don't want to chuck it around with Patrick Mahomes. And that happens on some weeks. So it, you, you have to think about it like that. If you, can, if you can be part of a smaller group climbing the ladder, it gives you an advantage, especially, you know, if you, you can then go and add Tyreek Hill uh, in, in a separate spot. Um, the one thing uh, I was going to mention, because I, I brought up Matt Ryan, do you think that in 2021 it is almost imperative to play quarterbacks in DFS that have rushing upside, or is that not a thing? I, I would say more often than not, you probably want to, but again, it is dependent on the slate and, and how much these guys cost. Because again, like I could pull up prices here, but I'm sure Matt Ryan is super cheap. So Matt Ryan is... Actually, no, he's $6,000, which, I mean, is cheaper compared to the Russian quarterbacks because if you look at someone like Kyler Murray, he's 7,600. Josh Allen, 7,400. Even, like, Jalen Hurts is 6,400, and and we have some question marks about his just overall abilities, passing accuracy, whatever. Uh, You are getting Matt Ryan at a much cheaper cost. So I don't think that you have to have someone with rushing ability, but if you are playing in one of these single-entry contests and you're trying to take it down, the rushing upside for these guys and, and that potential 100 point rushing bonus, which we haven't talked about, but there's a 300 yard passing bonus for quarterbacks, 100 yeah. yard rushing and receiving bonus on DraftKings, that can make a difference. So if you get Kyler Murray passing for 300 yards, rushing for 100, which is not going to happen often for a quarterback, but if but, he does, you and he's five percent owned, exactly. you're you're in the mix. Yeah, look, it, look, it's just undeniable. We've seen it in season-long fantasy football. The landscape of the quarterback position has changed, and we talk about these cheat code quarterbacks, someone like Lamar Jackson, because it's not every day that we see a quarterback that has the ability to rush for 1,000 yards. And now we have maybe five to eight of them that can rush for maybe 500-plus, 600-plus yards this season. So on a, on a weekly basis, that's 40 to 50 yards. That's an extra four or five fantasy points that you're just starting with because the quarterback is rushing. So... I would say if you're shooting for upside, yeah, a lot of the times you're going to want to have one of these rushing quarterbacks in your lineup. But if we're playing in cash games and we're just looking for safety and doubling up, I mean, you can get someone. All the Bengals in week one are are undervalued. It's wild. I don't know if it's because Burrow's coming off the injury, whatever. He hasn't really played yet in the preseason. But Burrow's 5,700. He doesn't run. He's probably not going to run now with the injury. But Burrow, I mean, he gives you access to easy stacks. Again, Jamar Chase is like f- sub 5K. It's because of the preseason stuff, because they just yeah. haven't. Yeah, I mean, because like Trevor Lawrence is 60, I guess 6,200. I mean, I, I mean, I think although if they, like if they were repricing right now, these guys might be even cheaper, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, like that's the um, that's the thing is you, you know, like Kirk Cousins can lead can be the number one scorer on any given week. Matt Ryan can be the number one scorer on any given week, but there's less of a chance of it happening because you don't have that, that rushing, that, that equity, that upside equity that comes with the rushing. If that, I, now, now I'm just slinging buzzwords around. left. <laughs> as really possible. It sounds right to me, Will. So yeah. <laughs> what is it? What was the uh, problem? What did you, what was the one you, uh, pivotable? pivotable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's pivotable. Um, how concerned are you, with ownership and i'm sure you guys have talked about this at least and i think this applies to the nfl too um but for golf one of the lessons i've learned in the last six months is 
ownership of a single player does not matter. What matters is total ownership for your roster. In other words, if every one of your players is chalk and you'd say 10%, then you're, you're, you're just not going to differentiate yourself. You have to hit on every single one of those guys. But if you, if you can find some guys who go off who are lower owned, you can deal with the fact that you have Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill in your lineup, right? Yeah, so it's actually funny that you bring up that total ownership, right? So you have nine roster spots on DraftKings. And, and when we were we did a whole episode just on GPPs and tournaments and, and maximizing upside. And we spoke a lot about ownership, projecting ownership, and, and what you want that overall ownership in your lineup to look like. And basically, the number that we settled around was like 120%, 120, 130%. So if you think about that among nine roster spots, make sure to do the math, two, four, six, Mm -hmm. eight, nine. Yeah, nine roster spots. That's about, you don't want to go higher than like 15% on any given point. 130 or 120? So like between 120 and 130%. So so you... Your average per player needs to be less than like four fifteen. Yeah. So you you can go a little bit higher on some, which you probably don't want, but you're gonna have to find some players that are going to be projected under ten percent rostered and, and players that have big upside. And, and obviously, those players are hard to find because everyone's grinding fantasy football. Everyone knows who has good matchups and and what potential. Like, Derek and Derrick Henry, when they have easy rushing yard, easy rushing defense matchups, are going to be thirty percent. Yeah. And but sometimes it's okay to take those and to say you know I don't care I'm eating the chalk Dalvin Cook's going off this week to, you know uh, Mike Zimmer is going to feed him uh, or or you know it's late it's in November and Derrick Henry's playing the Texans he might be owned in forty percent of the the Millie Maker doesn't matter you you might have to play him I love that you bring up the Texans too because it seems like every game Derrick Henry plays against the Texans it's just one of yards massive games right yeah. but I think Derrick Henry is a perfect example right because. Again, DraftKings is full PPR, and some people will shy away from Derrick Henry. Even in the best matchup, he has this high salary. He's normally the second or third highest salaried running back on the slate. But you might actually get him at a little bit lower ownership than projected because he doesn't catch passes. And that's why it's so scary, right, to like fade someone like Derrick Henry. Uh, but, I mean follow the process, and the process says he doesn't catch passes. You really need things to break perfectly for him. So, yeah, we're... we're Keeping all of those things in mind, I think if you play in GBPs, 120, 130%, your overall um, ownership percentage on your team, you want that to look like. I think, look, if you play in cash games, it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter as long as like the, the chalk players that you're playing are hitting. That's right. what you need more than anything else. But yeah, I would say go to whatever type of DFS provider, you know, you Sportsline. Sportsline.com, yeah. Yeah, Sportsline. Uh, Mike mentioned that we're going to have perceived ownership on there this upcoming season, which is massive because you can look at that and it'll say, okay, using all these different tools and factors and projections, we think that Kyler Murray is going to be 20% rostered this week. Yeah. You're making, say you're making 10 lineups and you want to be overweight on Kyler Murray. You might want him in three or four of those lineups so that you have 30 or 40% of Kyler Murray. Or if you think that he's a bad play, you might only want them in one lineup and then you have them in 10% of your lineups compared to the 20% that is projected for the field. So that's, that, that's one way to use ownership to your advantage in DFS. Well, that's a good point is you don't want to be even with the field. Yeah. You want to take hard stances. You either want to be overweight on a player or underweight. Like if you think Kyler's going to be great, and you're annoyed that he's going to be super chalky, then just go big on it and, yeah. and, and lean into it. And that way, every one of your and differentiate what you've got around him. So that way, uh, obviously you're going to want to have Hopkins or, um, you know, like whether it's AJ Green, whatever your stack is, but you you know you can you can differentiate differentiate around him so that way your various lineups can hit. Um, okay, is there any, anything else in strategy? We, we ended up talking for like thirty minutes on strategy, that's which is fine. But um, I mean, there's just there's so much. Again, like I don't want to just keep pumping up all oh, fantasy football today DFS. But again, like if you do want to hear it more in depth from people that are <laughs> smarter than Will and I, oh, absolutely, and, yeah, and check it out because like we we go even more so in depth on each one of the topics that we just talked about. So sure. if you want to hear that more so then then go check it out. But I, I think we covered a lot. I think that that's actually the perfect way to do it. More, you want additional strategy, go, go check out fantasy football today, DFS. Uh, and then we'll, we'll take a break. When we come back, Frank will give us some, uh, some picks for week one. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of new balance clutch athletics and rich Paul. The designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. 
With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You feel bad for all the people who are like, oh, like I'm going to find out who to start in week one. It's like, why are these guys talking about game theory for 25, 32 <laughs> minutes? Uh, but that's fine, Frank. I mean, like, like I... I think it's fascinating because, and I'll, I mean, I'll spend like half of half of my weekend on Friday and Saturday doing, you know, like staying up late, having a cocktail, you know, doing whatever. And, and like, you're running through, like, oh, like you go galaxy brain. You're like, Oh yeah. Like Jimmy G is going to go nuts this week. Cause he's motivated by Trey Lance. But yeah, the point being is there, it's a lot of game theory. It's not necessarily picking the, the best, fantasy guys which is a little weird but let's talk about some uh some picks for week one let's run through all the positions uh really quickly you know give out you know if you got somebody you love you mentioned for instance at quarterback you mentioned joe burrow fifty seven hundred dollars if he gets a full if you know they're playing they're playing the vikings whose defense was terrible last year should be improved patrick peterson's uh, our, our podcast colleague uh playing well they added you know daniel hunter's back they're bringing back everson griffin had the, their opt-out guys are back in. There's a reason to think the Vikings will be much better. But if for some reason that they take a little while to gel, Joe Burrow could be a nice play in week one, right? Yeah, I do think Joe Burrow is interesting at his cost at 5,700. And he's not one of he's not the one quarterback that I'm probably going to target most or even one of the top three. But if I'm making a few GPP lineups where I just want exposure to those cheap stacks, then yes, I will have some Burrow in there. But the, the ones that I'm really looking at here, I already mentioned the name Ryan Tannehill, 6,500 mm. uh, in that game against the Arizona Cardinals has a massive total right now. And Kyler Murray is $1,100 more than Ryan Tannehill in that same game. And again, I, I do think it's very possible that Ryan Tannehill outscores him there. Now, we do need A.J. Brown and Julio Jones to be healthy. So let's pay yeah. attention to that because obviously those guys dealing with their own ailments. But Ryan Tannehill someone I like. He could run a little bit. And then... Let's let's prop our guy Debo back up a little bit. I love Jalen Hurts. Oh, week. there we go. I love Jalen Hurts in week one going up against the Falcons. Obviously, I want to see him play in, in preseason week three, so hopefully he can get back out there. Had the weird week two situation where he didn't play. But the rushing upside is massive. Say what you want about like the accuracy, if he's a real quarterback, whatever. It doesn't matter. His rushing upside, we saw it last year over the final four games, is massive. He had 69 rushing yards or rushing touchdown in each of those four games. So, I mean, he just separates himself that way. And yeah, I think the Falcons defense is pretty bad. So yeah, the uh, Dean Pease is going to generate pressure through aggressive blitzing, which could also mean um, open looks down the field for uh, both Jalen Rager. And uh, why do I keep, I keep forgetting Devonte Smith's name. I keep seeing like Deshaun Hamilton in my head. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Why. I like, I can't, I can't picture it. Are you stacking him? Are you stacking hurts with uh, both two guys or just going with like, like Devonte? Oh, I love Devontae Smith, man. I love him for a season long, too. I've drafted him everywhere. I think he can have an absolutely massive season. I know he slipped a little bit in the draft, went 10th overall. But, yeah, I've heard some beat writers say, like, this guy can catch 100 balls this year. I think he's a fantastic route runner. He's not massive or anything. He's a very, very good athlete. I think that he could step in and be the wide receiver one day, day one for the Eagles. And I think just a name to pay attention to, Quez Watkins has legitimately stepped in in their three wide receiver sets. That dude is a burner. Yeah, and we saw it in the first preseason game. He took a screen pass from Joe Flacco and went like 79 yards against the New England Patriots. So I think he's a name to pay attention to, but Devontae Smith is the one for me. Okay, uh, at running back, where uh, what are you looking for? I mean, there's Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, all the high-priced over 8,000. CMC steps in right back in his old familiar role at $9,500. He will still be popular because they're playing the Jets. Uh, who do you like at the running back spot? Just a massive, massive price point for CMC here at 9,500. And it makes sense. You know, he was beat up last year. He still averaged 30 DraftKings points per game, which is absolutely ridiculous. And my Jets, unfortunately, I'm wearing a Jets shirt here. If you watch their second preseason game, they're, I think most of their starters were playing first-team defense. 
they were getting torched on the ground by AJ Dillon and, and like some other backup running backs here for the Green Bay Packers. So McCaffrey absolutely could go off, but let's scroll and scroll and scroll down the list. And <laughs> Antonio Gibson is $5,900 in week one. And in season long drafts, this guy is a second round pick now. And they're talking about using him similar to how this coaching staff, Ron Rivera used Christian McCaffrey in years past. Now, JD McKissick is there. And obviously, you know, that throws a wrench in things for pass catching, but Gibson has caught a few passes here in the preseason. I, I think the upside is still really, really high for him. People see, if you go on DraftKings, right? They see the defensive matchup and they see that, that red number next to the defensive matchup. That means a bad matchup. It's like a mental thing where people see that and, and their first thought is like, nah, I can't play this guy. It's a tough matchup. No, nah, I can't do that. But Antonio Gibson, if, if he's as good as we think he is, then the matchup doesn't really matter. So, I'll throw him out there at 5,900. And then with this news about Travis Etienne going down, James Robinson is $6,400. The Houston Texans defense is just putrid. It is bad. bad. Robinson went off against them last year. Carlos Hyde is dust. I have no idea what Urban Meyer is thinking, like throwing this guy on the field. I see no reason why James Robinson shouldn't get 15 to 20 touches, maybe even more than 20 touches in week one. Look, it's Trevor Lawrence's first game. I don't know that they want to like, put the entire game on his shoulders. I think Robinson could have a massive week one. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call right there. Uh, what about at wide receiver? Devontae Adams, 8,300. Tyreek Hill, 8,200. Calvin Ridley, 7,900. Hopkins, 78. And Justin Jefferson, 77. Wow, Stephon Diggs is kind of cheap at 76. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we have to make sure that he's healthy. Obviously, the Steelers' defense is, is pretty damn good. But, yeah, a lot of these guys up top are going to be pretty popular. Calvin Ridley is someone that can come in and, and lead the NFL in targets this upcoming season. If I'm taking Tannehill, I would want to stack him with one of A.J. Brown and, and Julio Jones. A.J. Brown is $7,100, which, if you think about his upside comparatively with the other top-tier wide receivers, that's actually a pretty good price at $7,100. Absolutely. So uh, AJ Brown is someone I would be interested in. Again, we have to make sure that he's healthy, but I'm going to scroll all the way down again. And, and there's some really cheap wide receivers like Marvin Jones. I know I just talked about James Robinson, whatever. I think Marvin Jones could be the Jaguars wide receiver one this year. He's, I agree with that. He's $3,600, $3,600. Will he's so cheap. And he's had a nice connection already with uh, Trevor Lawrence in the preseason comes over from the Detroit lions. Brings his OC with him, by the way, or I guess his OC probably brought him. But Daryl Bevel obviously has that familiarity with Marvin Jones. So $3,600, sign me up. I mean, there is so many cheap options. I mentioned the Bengals guys. I believe T. Higgins is 4700 This is someone who's being drafted in the fourth round of PPR leagues right now. He's sub-5K in week one against the Minnesota Vikings. A little bit of tougher matchup there. Uh, and then Mark... Mark Devontae Smith, Smith 4500 yeah, all the rookies are super cheap in week one. So, wow. Devontae Smith, 4,500, very easily stackable with Jalen Hurts. The other name, I don't want to buy too much into this like preseason game, whatever, but Marquez Callaway is $3,400. And he's going to be popular. He is going to be popular. I mean, keep that in mind. His, his own Thomas it more than likely will be out for week one. Yes, we think at this point, although I, don't, I guess it's not official, right? Because he would have to be placed in the pop uh, yeah. or rolled out. Jameis Winston more than likely will be the week one starter. Please, please. <laughs> no, he, he's, it's over. It's over. It has to be. So, yeah, um, that, I mean, and that game is in the dome. It's in the Superdome. It's got a point total over 50. They probably could be playing from behind against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So 3,400 Callaway is going to be uh, very expensive there. But him and, and Marvin Jones, two sub 4K wide receivers that I like quite a bit. Jerry Judy also 4,800, not too bad a price. Yeah, he is he is rising up draft boards in uh, season long as well. Oh, my God, and a best ball. He's like all of a sudden going to the fifth round. It's crazy. I do see him go in like the fourth round of some. It's, it's yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's wild. Like I was doing a, some, uh, and we're, again, we'll have a best ball show to, uh, tomorrow uh, with Josh Norris of Underdog, but I was doing an underdog draft during the, the Saints game, and – it's like Marcus Callaway's it went from an ADP of 149 and he was getting drafted at 122. Like he jumped 20 spots because of his performance in the game while drafts are going on. Although I was still able to get Jameis in like the 17th, 18th round in some of those drafts. You know, what's funny you bring that up. So I, I didn't realize that I was on the clock in one of these best ball drafts last night while the game was going on. And then I checked back in. I'm like, oh, wow, I only have 20 minutes left to make a pick. I'm on the clock. It's the end of the ninth round. Who's sitting there? Marquez Callaway. I'm like, give me Marquez Callaway. End of the ninth round. Let's make it happen. That's right. Uh, okay. What about uh, the tight end position? 
Tight end. The rookies are cheap, man. This guy is going to be so, so popular. But Kyle Pitts is $4,400 in what week one, doing? which is just completely ridiculous. I, I like. There's going to be people that make lineups completely filled with rookies, and I don't blame you. I mean, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts, all these guys are super talented. Even oh my, Najee Harris is, he's affordable too, 6300 against the Bills, and he's the bell cow. They played uh, 17 snaps with the starters in week two. He played 16 of 17. Najee Harris is going to be on the field all season long. So he's another one that you could throw out there, but Kyle Pitts, super, like, again, super rostered in week one. Everyone's going to have him, but the upside is just massive. No more Julio Jones. I, I think it wouldn't surprise me if they want to go out there and, and kind of show off their new fancy toy, top five pick in the NFL draft. Ar Arthur Smith uses these two tight end sets. All these, all these young quarterbacks are looking good, and people are like, mm, Atlanta didn't draft one. They're like, well, look how great Kyle Pitts is because he's the guy they've been tweeting about, you know, all of camp. He's he looked awesome. Yeah, and they should. He is a wide receiver in a tight end's body. He is very Dal Darren Waller-esque in that regard. So it wouldn't surprise me if we get six, eight, ten targets in week one for Kyle Pitts. I think he absolutely smashes at that price. Uh, anybody else that stands out? Are you buying the, um, not to go back to the Eagles, but the idea that Zach Ertz is going to be like, viable? You can't even think you can play him in week one. But, I mean, he's he's just filthy cheap. Yeah, he's thirty eight hundred. I mean, that, that's a way. Ooh, to Jared Cook's not a bad price on there. Uh, yeah, Dallas Goddard is a thousand dollars more than Zach Ertz. So, uh, I, I mean, I've been fading Dallas Goddard everywhere now. I mean, they're legitimately talking up Zach Ertz. I don't know if that's like they trying to get him to trade or whatever yeah. it is, but it, it, it is it, weird. It is weird that they're like going with the old, like they want to hype up the old guy instead of going like like Dallas Goddard's rookie contract's about to be up. Like, once you use Dallas Goddard as a full time tight end, what is happening? Yeah, I mean, maybe they're trying to prop up Earth so that they could trade him away or something. I mean, the Patriots, it seems like they're doing something similar with Sony Michelle. They've been using him all over the place in preseason. Ooh. So maybe they're trying to trade him or something. But I, think, uh, I just think he looks good. I think Sony Michelle might be good. Yeah, he caught four passes this week, right? I'm like, that's probably more than he's had in the past three years combined. It's crazy. One more tight end, uh, TJ Hawkinson, tough matchup against the 49ers, but they don't have anybody to throw the ball to this year. Oh. And we've seen Jared Goff in the past, he's had like, these stretches when he was in LA where Tyler Higby would go off when there was no Gerald Everett, when there's just one tight end, they can be really, really good with Jared Goff. His and wife have is on the outside is Rashad Perryman and Tyrell Williams, which is, yeah, I, I do like Amonra St. Brown. I'll throw his name out there as a yeah, slot receiver, uh, maybe later on in the season, but week one, assuming health, I think TJ Hawkinson could see a ton of targets and, and worth noting here, by the way, Travis Kelsey, 8,300, George Kittle, 6,300. It's a huge drop off there. And then the next guy is Hawk at 4,900. Like that is, it's a very clear delineation. People, you sort of have to take a stand on Kelsey or no Kelsey, right? I mean, yeah, basically. I mean, if you think that game is going to be competitive and high scoring, then you want a couple of lineups with one of Kelsey or Tyree Kill just because, like, the massive is just, I, sure. the upside is massive. Uh, and finally, defense. Anybody, uh, anybody stand out? It's, it is. It's it is early to make a call on defense just because and again, like if you're doing DFS, one of the other things that you need to make sure you do, this should be obvious, but eleven thirty when inactives come out, you know, double check your lineups. Like know who you're gonna have in there. You really don't want to have you know a top twenty-five millimaker lineup that wins you three grand or, or five hundred bucks and and then you you like accidentally left an inactive guy in there. Yeah, and, and on top of that, you don't really want any offensive players that are going up against the defense that you have in your lineup, because that's just, Oh, counter, that's your point. Yeah. Rever that's, yeah. That's counterintuitive as well. So uh, honestly, I, I did not spend any time looking at defense. Oh, there's no, let's not talk defense. I mean, it's, it, it's, we have another entire week of preseason with starters playing where dudes could get hurt. It's, it's almost, you know, the 49ers are 3,200 defense is and defense. That's you know, I, I was, I think I almost brought that up earlier, but like defense is almost a, is kind of a crapshoot too, because you can have the, the best Broncos. defense. The Broncos, that's who I want. 3,300 against the Giants. Oh, I like that. That's Game what I like. Turnover machine, and they got a lot of players. Yeah, and their offensive line is not played well. No, it's not played well. The, but with the defense, you, know, you could have the, the Broncos could give up you know, 10 points to the Giants. Basically lock them down, force two fumbles, and then, you know, the uh, – uh, who's a terrible defense? The Texans could take – could pick off Trevor Lawrence twice and take it to the house – yeah. Both times, and the Texans will be the number one defense in in DFS, and there's just nothing you can do about it. And some, and some, but somebody will have them. Like more somebody, often, more often than not, 
I am spending down on defense. I mean, that's just a fact. I mean, it allows you to open up salary at other places, obviously. And that's where the big upside is running back wide receiver, these pass catchers and stuff. So defense, I mean, there's a lot of fluky stuff that happens, as you just mentioned, week over weeks, and it's really hard to project. So more often than not, I'm I'm spending down and I'm trying to target uh, someone who's going up like against a backup quarterback or, or just a really bad quarterback. Yeah. Like you might think, okay, the Panthers have a great matchup against Zach Wilson, the jets, but they're 36. They're the fourth most expensive defense. These, these are basically priced in a way that is rewarding bad matchups instead of rewarding good. Like in other words, DraftKings doesn't know who's going to be good on defense. I mean, no one really does. Again, it's hard to project, uh, project week over week, but how about just the other side there? I'm not just saying this because it's the Jets, but they're $2,400. They're, I mean, they're dirt cheap. Be terrible. Sam Darnold is a turnover machine. I think he's going to be revenge game for the Jets defense. Yeah, exactly. Now, if you know, if they keep like they lost Carl Lawson, they, they've lost a couple of players. They lost Jared Davis now too. Jared Davis, I couldn't remember. The, I was doing radio the other day and I could not remember. I was like, it's not C.J. Mosley, but I mean, yeah, like Jared Davis and Carl Lawson are two big losses. You know, if they if they if another three or four guys go down in next week's preseason and practice, don't don't play the Jets. And so that's that's something to monitor for that. Um, all right, any uh, anything else on the uh, the week one slate, Frank? Nothing on week one. You've been drinking any beer? How's it going? Oh, uh, you know what? I, I yeah, I've been drinking a lot of Bud Light actually. Yeah, me too. Line of Kugels. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Sponsor for fantasy baseball today. I don't know if we could do that. If you have to edit this out, Depot, I'm sorry, but no, I think you're fine. This is not an, uh, an official Bud Light podcast, so I think I think you're fine. But as you can see, there's lots of Bud Light stuff uh, around around my house. So yeah, my, you, gotta, my, you gotta get me one of those enough, enough already. You gotta get me one of those hats, man. I mean, that is just fantastic. I will. Uh, we'll look into it. Devo Devo's got some poll with the uh, the salespeople, so we'll see what we can do. Uh, all right, go follow him at Roto underscore Frank. Make sure and listen to Fantasy Football Today, DFS. You guys are cranking out a great product, Frank. And, uh, man, look forward to a season's worth of DFS action. Thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Happy to be here. And, again, you know where to check me out. I appreciate it. Yeah, buddy. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 